Some things we eat lunch at one o'clock. Some things we eat lunch at two o'clock. And some things we eat lunch at seven o'clock. The Lunch Club. Hello and welcome to the Lunch Club. It is Friday, the is it twenty fourth, twenty fourth of February, twenty twenty three. It's a it's a big weekend of football. It's a big weekend for Celtic. It's a big weekend for Antipasikoglu. It's a big weekend for us. And I am joined by one of the greats. It's Alan Edgar. Hello, Alan. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's uh, it's genuinely a lovely day. Yes, and uh, we're sat- sitting at a window uh, in the 13th knot, and Alan looks like he's been melted by the sun. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be sunburnt for um, the game on Sunday. Uh, yeah, getting used to it for the game on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a huge weekend of uh, football. Celtic obviously playing in the League Cup final. Um, we are, we've been covering it all week. We had you on the agenda on Monday, of course, Um your point of view from that then was excitement and kind of looking forward to it a little bit ramped up. We got ramped up towards the end of the show. How are you feeling now, the Friday before the Sunday? Feels close now. Um, <clears throat> it feels like we are, you know, as in that 48 hour kind of window. Now, you've had the pre match press conferences, which I'm sure we'll talk about, um, and I generally ignore, but I've opted not to, and I've opted to get myself nice and wound up. So, um, yeah, it feels very close now. It's. Starting to go into routine time now. Um, that whole choosing to get yourself wound up. Love it. I do that myself. Uh, I think we're all quite similar in that. that yeah. we, we can ignore things when it suits us, but when we <laughs> want to get wound up, we're front and centre. Absolutely. Uh, we had a le- the weekly yesterday with Eddie and uh, Barry, which was absolutely fantastic. Had a lot of fun doing that. Um, I, th- I think I messaged actually just this morning about that saying, I listened to it far too early in the morning. Because I was amped up. Amped like, up to <laughs> I started. I was working early um, for finishing early today, and genuinely, I must have finished listening about quarter past nine. It's just too much, too much enthusiasm and excitement for that time in the morning. Exactly. Um, I have to say that we've had some tremendous questions uh, from Steve in Chicago, giving us stuff for the midweek bounce to to yesterday with the scenarios. Thanks to everyone who's um, brought us uh, questions. Uh, in fact, we're going to open up with a question. Uh, from Brian, he asks, "What is your favourite cup final memory, and what's your favourite Celtic memory versus them?" So let's cut this down into two. What's your favourite cup final memory? Um, yeah, what's your favourite cup final? Plenty to kind of chew over. Yeah, I think um, I think my favourite cup final memory. I kind of thought long and hard about this, and I try and give things a, a number of years before they kind of seep into that status. And I do think that the Coca-Cola Cup final is, I don't know, something just special about it. I think because, uh, obviously, I was uh, you know born in 88, grew up in the 90s, trophies were scarce. I, I vaguely rem- I remember the 95 Scottish Cup final, but not greatly. Yeah. Whereas that's the first Cup final where I genuinely remember you know, watching it, getting excited about it, winning it was also helpful. Um, and it just felt, I don't know, it felt like... The start of something? Yeah, it felt like it was another step along, you know... We had had the final in 95 and then to only then have to wait two years, which given what came before, um, was, was pretty nice. And just I watched it, I watched some of it back earlier because obviously I get sight of the question and I don't know, just, it just feels like watching football in an entirely different <laughs> era. So um, I'm feeling nostalgic for, I'm going to say that, the Coca-Cola Cup final. Um, I'd like to throw you back to last week on the Cynic Weekly. When I referred to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even going to just accept that you've called it the Coca-Cola Cup final? I've given my answer. No, Coca-Cola Cup final. I like calling it... 
But it's like a kind of iconic sponsor like that. It's fine. I mean, Betfred's... Even like CIS, I'll accept CIS. Ah, you will accept CIS as well, yeah. CIS I'll allow, but I won't allow Viaplay or um, Betfred or things like that. Okay, fair enough. So it's a time thing, that's fine. It's just a company that I might partially (laughs) like thing. I'm a big fan of insurance and Coca-Cola. Of course. Um, You know, the... So that was the 95... um, Sorry, 97. Yeah. In 1995, Aberdeen won it. And... Stephen Glass was the man of the match, and do you know what he got for his man of the match? Two litre bottle of Coca-Cola. He got a bike. Have you ever seen the picture of Stephen Glass with a bike? He's sitting on a, a Coca-Cola bike, yes. bike. Actually, I think you've sent that in yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, obsa- before, I'm yeah. obsessed with it. It's just bizarre. Like, just I seen a, a thread on Twitter uh, last week, and it was the weirdest things given to players after ma- ma- man of the match awards, mm-hmm. and uh, that was high on the list. So, uh, great stuff. That and uh, was it. Uh, who was the striker for this? So they get the pizza. It's kind of off juice. Connor Salmon. Connor Salmon. Connor yeah. Salmon. Um, okay. Would go well on a pizza salmon? Nah, I wouldn't. Uh, pineapple does, though. I don't care what you say. Do what you like with a pizza, to be honest. Uh, back <laughs> on. Um, so that's your favourite cup final memory. It's a, Genuinely, it's a great one. Uh, Mark Reaper. Uh, Larson with the big deflection the jester hats the jester hats fantastic that final staple um, and it's also that kind of thing we've talked about in the past where it sets you up on that way because it's the first trophy you win yeah. of the season and you know I know I know that some people give credence to it and some people don't I think it's quite important I think us winning this trophy on Sunday really does kind of drop a level for their enthusiasm mm-hmm. we can get to that in a moment uh, your favourite Celtic memory versus them now that's really hard that's uh, really hard. I'll accept maybe two or three if you want to kind of go on a, a bit of a I ride. think I think the right answer, to be honest, is the 2019 League Cup final. Um, because that was just special. Pre-Christmas, we get absolutely battered and still managed to come away with a trophy in an era which, to be honest, you just felt invincible in. Um, but I think the answer that I probably would have went for had a if you just had to pick and no rationale, I'd maybe think 2009. The issue I have with 2009, though, is that was it. Yeah, we didn't win the league that year. That so. was... I, I don't even mind... It, it was clear we weren't going to win the league, I think, at that point. We looked we looked like a tired team. Um, and I know that there was maybe the enthusiasm of you two youngsters, obviously, O'D and McGee scoring, which is pretty special in itself. And we know why. You know, it's two guys that have come through that know the club, know what the club means to people. Um... But I just don't like the idea of winning a final when it means nothing. You know, it's don't get me wrong, it's a trophy and it's a day to enjoy. But I think, especially the League Cup, I think of the two cups, obviously, it is the kind of lesser of the two. When you win that and you're not even in a title race, it's not anywhere near as special, is, is, is what I would point out. I think it's funny that you refer, and you're right to this isn't a criticism of you, but you refer to McGady as uh, a youngster at two, 2009, and he was. Yeah. But also... Would he have been, been tw- 24, 25 maybe at that point, if that? No, I mean, he made his debut at, si- at 16 in, what, 2003? 2003. 2003? Yeah. So he only would have been, like, 19, 20? <laughs> yeah. He was, like, it, but he was coming into his bump at that time, obviously. Oh, he was... In, um, or for us, anyway. Um, but when you look at that and you look at that team, you know, we were, we were tired, jaded, lack of investment. We'd actually done well to probably, you know, win that trophy, but it was a team that really needed investment, so... 
as much as I enjoyed that day, I remember watching that game, I really enjoyed it, yeah. loved it, great feeling. It's not the same when you know you've, you've kind of won on the day, but you know you're not the better team. <coughs> if that makes sense. No, you know it, I mean? it, totally, it totally does. Um, because McGady was, I mean, he destroyed Kirk Brockfoot. Like, yeah. He absolutely ripped him a new one. But I also think, see, there are certain, there are certain things I like about, like, so that final, as you say, kind of, in the grand scheme of things, you know, in the grand history of Celtic, it's not necessarily going to mean a lot. But see, to someone like Darren O'Day, mm-hmm. I'm sure it means everything. Like, it kind of made him, like, ha- it's called a, a lot, Celtic this week have been referring to it on Twitter as, like, the O'Day final. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just the fact that, you know, a guy who didn't necessarily play as, as often as he wanted to for Celtic, and he didn't get maybe a fair crack at the whip, all that stuff. But at least he can turn around, and I know he's part of the system now, but just be like... I scored a winning goal in the cup. Well, it was a winning goal, but I scored a goal yeah, in the cup. No, I think so, and, and it's, it. not, it's not to take anything away from those players in that day, but I think when you're looking back at it, and you look back at the competition that's up against now, hmm. and there's a notion that because you win more, it then maybe means the League Cup means less, the Scottish Cup means less. I don't I don't see it as that way at all. I just, I see it now as a package deal, and look, if, if you, you know, I just picked the 97 final as one of my favourites, but again, that came in a year in which, you know, we went on and I see it as, kind of you mentioned at the start, you see it as a springboard to potentially go on. I'm not saying it's a failure if you don't. It's a fa- That's a failure in the league. You know, if we hadn't won that 2009 League Cup final, it would have been another miserable occasion against Rangers. And, you know, there was more than enough for them to go around. So, you know, it's good. It, and you'd never take it away from those players, and I'll remember that game. But it's not it's not like a squad you remember. or It's, it's, not, it's not a vintage year. You know, yeah. it's, it's a good standalone trophy. See, in regard to... I saw, I just I was doing some kind of stuff this week, and it was Sam Allardyce, right? Bear with me, stay with me, stay involved. I'm just immediately thinking of that. <laughs> the picture of Sam Allardyce, remember on the, I think it was the transfer deadline day, yeah. when he's looking at Hayley McQueen, like she's a piece of meat. <laughs> he's sitting in the chair. Oh, <laughs> as God. soon as you said that, that's where my mind went. Um, but he was talking about, uh, I could have, I, I could have, like, with absolutely no basis, I could have managed Celtic or Rangers. And like the art- actual articles, he's half right. <laughs> Absolutely, the half the article is like nonsense, right? But there's a bit at the bottom where he talks about how, and this is kind of got nothing to do with the fact he says he could manage Celtic Rangers. It's just to do with kind of mentality. It's quite interesting where he talks about how he's, he's spoken to um, Ferguson and Mourinho about different, like different coaching courses, yeah, and how it's harder t- to keep players in a winning mentality than it is to kind of pull them out of a losing mentality, if you know what I mean. Right. Like, keep players... like Essentially, because what he was talking about is when you go to Celtic Rangers, they have to win every week, and so sometimes if you're really good, players might get bored, and it's harder mm-hmm. to keep them stimulated yep. than it is to kind of pull players out of a, of a losing streak. Do you think that's kind of relevant? Yeah, I, th- I don't think it's relevant. I think when it's relevant is when you find that teams are maybe towards the end of a cycle. Right. And I don't mean in terms of age or ability, but I mean, you know... When you've won three, four domestic trebles in a row, how do you engage those players? There's some that you will be able to do it with. You probably find that the lion's share don't. And I think, to be honest, that probably you'll find that. I mean, when we come to look at the teams for this weekend, you will find that this is an entirely different Celtic team, top to bottom, bar one or two. And, you know, I think that's where we as fans have kind of maybe learned a little bit. And I think Postacoglu takes a bit of credit for that as well. He's almost signposted that that's okay that change is safe and that change is good whereas 
four years ago, I'd have been happy if, if you said to me the squad that we had four years ago would still be competing in this final this year, I would have probably taken that four years ago. And actually, that's not healthy, that's not positive. Absolutely. Even if they are really talented players, you need turnover. Um, the, the, so yeah, I can I can understand that concept. The, this brings me into just, and I, obviously we're going to touch on League Cup final, but there is a little bit of news I'd like to kind of touch on. Um, and it is all relevant to where we are as a club and, you know, Ange Postacoglu and stuff. Um, but just looking back, it's Ronnie Dyla had a, a, an interview and um, just some quotes um, and he talks about his time in Scotland. He says, in Scotland, the culture revolved around fear and results. I don't believe in that. I believe in respect. You get that through two things, knowing what you're talking about and treating people right. With a rain of fear, you can put everyone on edge, yes, but that will only yield short-term results. If I start calling someone names, there is a chance that they will react angrily. We will clash and we will grow even further apart. If I tell you I'm disappointed in you and explain why I was not satisfied, we can get somewhere. I feel like I kind of lost myself at Celtic. I had no room for movement. I am not a 9-to-5 guy. I work hard and I'm structured. But at the same time, there is craziness in me. I need to be able to go out and have a drink with friends. I feel like I had to constantly look back there. It was like I had gone from the first year of primary school straight to the last year of secondary school. It felt like that. I am proud of how I... I yeah, it's just... A lot of words. A lot of words, but it's just a lot of kind of... I, I'm really surprised that like no one took him aside and went you're going to be under a microscope and him not being under, kind of understanding that. Like, I, I really like Ronnie Dylan. and this is, an, this is an absolutely no way a pot shot at him. It just, what it does, I think, highlight is that to be the Celtic manager, it takes a very specific set of uh, kind of tools. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, th- I think I, I'm not as Ronnie Daft probably as you. I'm not maybe actually not that Ronnie other. Daft, Yeah, well, you were for a bit. Um, I was I. Um, I, I don't know. I, I like Ronnie, and I, I like a lot of what he says since he's left Celtic. And I think, to be honest, it's probably a, a level that I'd be very surprised if he managed that again. He's, you know, he's got a great career. He's doing really well for himself, and you know, he's had a great journey. But uh, just jumps out. I mean, the first sentence that you read out there about, you know, one way to, I think, gain respect. And do you know how you gain respect by winning? Like Aye. just winning a lot and running consistently and look I don't argue his point about the way it is here in terms of fear I mean full disclosure I texted you and Barry Gallagher this morning saying to you that as much as I want to win the League Cup I'm almost enthused as much by the idea of taking it away from Rangers oh, um, because we've won it that much fucking right and it, it, there's much more to it I mean I, I literally texted you saying I would be quite happy for us to win it go up and pick up the trophy and leave it up there and just say Anybody can lift that, just no Rangers. Like, I love that. I just that, that would be perfect to me, and it just adds so much to it. So, I mean, that is a negative way of looking at it. That's probably, it's probably not the way Ange Postacoglu looks at it as well. But that is the dynamics and the nature of the way football is in this country. Um, can I really change that? No, you can't. And like, it's just a, it's a different type of football and culture. And I think, and again, I, no, this isn't a shot at Ronnie. He just clearly wasn't, you know different type of manager because he goes on and he talks about, talks about I've never been too focused on winning prizes I like projects then I went to Celtic where winning was mandatory and it's kind of like aye man yeah, I, mean, I feel bad for him because it's like I bet he didn't say that in a job interview aye. I bet he didn't say do you know I'm no, I'm, I'm not too hot in trophies but you know I, I love a right good project um, like, my fuck man no it's like it just I think maybe some of it's taken that context aye, it's probably, feels like a very yeah. um, feels like there's just a lot of kind of rambling at times um, not the most concise 
Absolutely, Alan. And I just love to be pot shot by the working hours as well. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck up. Um, I just want to highlight this as well, um, and then we'll get on to the, the business of the day. Um, Celtic right back Alistair Johnson it's just some quotes from uh, Stephen Caldwell now if there was ever someone you wanted to quote you it's um, Stephen Caldwell Uh, no but there is some good quotes he just talks about his mentality Um, he's a voraciously learner always wanting to get better challenge himself he has an honesty a sort of British mentality in the way he takes things on on the chin and pushes forward the way he took (laughs) (laughs) nah the way he took the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, look, we're in a derby weekend, mate. you've got to be petty. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the way he took different positions and philosophies and his, uh, his positive outlook makes a real uh, special player. Um, this is interesting. Coaches want someone who does his job and adds to their game. He's done both every year, and if he keeps that up, then in two or three years he could be at a really high level. With his mindset and the way he wants to learn, he'll only get better. There are areas he can improve, and he'll be the first to admit that. Um, it's interesting because... Personally, I've kind of, like, I know there's been a lot of people have come out and been really impressed with Alistair mm-hmm. Johnson. People, you know, you can key in on the agenda on a Monday, doesn't necessarily think he's the long-term solution, etc. Um, I think he's been fine. Like, I, I think, I, I see a guy who is doing what we need him to do. Um, and I know I'm joking about uh, Stephen Colwell, but Stephen Colwell has literally, he was part of the Canada setup, and he's, he's kind of a... a, a He's been a pundit, and he's been involved in the MLS kind of coaching system, so he's got a lot of kind of um, knowledge at that level. Um, is is Alistair Johnson, we've talked about him quite a bit recently, but he's not a guy you have any worries about on Sunday? Or is he? Maybe he is, I don't know. I think, first of all, in the, in the quotes, he's going to have to be a, like someone that learns because he's not the finished article yet. And But he does, I mean, even, I think we all... I think everyone would agree that when he speaks, he does speak like someone that wants to learn. He's almost yeah. like a kind of a real thirst for knowledge and you know to learn about the game and learn what he can do. I don't know what his ceiling is. I really don't. Um, I think he's got all the physical attributes. Um, he's replacing genuinely an outstanding talent. You see how good Josip Juranovic has took yes, to <laughs> you know Union Berlin, um, and you're not surprised because he's a player that just looks like he's really coming into his peak. So it's difficult to replace that, but I think he's got that, those physical characteristics. And I think, I think if anything, Alistair Johnson is one that you would actually be, for the weekend, trying to maybe just calm him down a bit. Because I think you can tell that he, the atmosphere thrives off that. He's a very physical player. Yeah. And to, to, to be honest, to be a real success in MLS, you have to have talent, but you be you need to be able to do the physical side of the game. And I found that in his debut at Ibrox, which I thought was encouraging, I felt he was just a little bit eager. And I think actually the weekend they need to settle that down a wee bit, not diving in, standing up as long as possible because he's got the pace to match whoever he's up against. And it doesn't matter who he's up against in terms of that. He is quick enough, he's strong enough, he's physical enough. Just needs to maybe, I think he's actually one of some players you want to let off the leash. I think he's one you maybe just need to keep on, you know, a little Who, bit. Whose responsibility is that? Is that the man? Is it, sorry, Fund, fundamentally, it's his own. Aye, but do you know what I mean? Um, no, like you know, because there's guys like Callum McGregor who's played in a number of finals. as guys, even like guys like James Forrest, who mm-hmm. will be in the changing room and stuff. Is that a case of them just saying, "Remember, just chill." I think. Know. I think it's to be honest. You can say that to somebody during the game, but in the atmosphere in these games, when it gets started, that moment comes. You maybe think, "Oh, the, the ball's there," but there's also a bit of the man to be had. You just need to be careful and see. It be, you can, t- if he's lucky enough to get away with one. 
then Great. then after you can say to him, look, be careful. You know, just watch yourself and play. McGregor will be saying that. Everybody will be saying that. Joe Hart will be good for it. But it's up to the player himself. I mean, you just need to, you know, make sure you keep 11 players in the park. I, I just, I think with Johnston, it is just about maybe trying to rein him in a little bit um, and just make sure that he doesn't get over, you know, a wee see, bit overexcited. See, sorry, like, see when you said there, like, um, uh, he makes that challenge and then everyone will be saying, saying to him, like, to calm down, like, everyone will be saying... The way you yeah, now you just said it, but my wee heart started pumping. Like I fucking right, we'll we'll all we're all a team. <laughs> Joe Hart will do it, and do you know, like the, it's the ideal situation. I think. I mean, I, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but I think one of the things I was thinking about in the game is that an ideal situation is that Johnson gets off to a really good start, as in he wins his first tackle, or he wins his first. Maybe if, if it'll be likely be Kent if Kent's going up against him, that he wins that because I think you've got two players there. Kent, if he gets a good start, tends to then feed off that. But if yeah. he doesn't, he tends to go the other way. And I think if Johnson can get the edge in that kind of duel quite early, I would, I would really fancy him. I, I, I do like him. I think he's, I think he's a talented player, and I think he'll get better. And I feel like, obviously, you mentioned the, the kind of support or people that maybe don't think he's at his best. I think the one thing that we kind of need to learn a little Sorry, bit. Sorry, Alan, what's your drink? What are you having? Uh, can I just get a lager, please? Claire, it's, it's on the table, so it's fine. It's on the table, so it's fine. Um, I think one of the things is that you almost need to learn the lesson of like Greg Taylor on the other side. Now, I was very vociferous. I just genuinely didn't think Greg Taylor was good enough under Neil Lennon. Then, latterly, you know, when Ange first came in, I just felt he wasn't up to the standard. But he's improved to an extent that you know he is one of your top three players this year. And I think, conversely, we've kind of maybe not realised with Johnson that this is a huge adjustment. And I think it will take time, but to answer your question, I think he's a player that I, I don't worry about on Sunday, but I want more from him going forward, yeah. and I want him just to contain himself a wee bit defensively. I feel like Ibrooks, the one thing that I didn't like, he, he dives into a couple of tackles. If you win them, it's great. If you right? die, yeah. But see, if you don't, you either get yourself in a card, or you just get caught out wrong side of the ball, and you don't need that. I think the one thing we don't want to give this Rangers team is any sort of oxygen or... You know, energy or whatever, and the one way you do that is it's, it's too high risk. I think if the ball's there, go and win it, aye, but make sure you keep yourself right side of the ball, don't do anything stupid and just stand up. Cause I think physically he's a good enough match for whoever he's up against. Not to jump too far ahead, but do you think they'll target him? Or do you think? I don't think you will target him. I, t- I don't think he. I don't think you can. Um, I think of the two, I think. Johnston is a better def- of the two fullbacks we've got. I think Johnston's a better one-on-one defender. Yeah, okay, I think he's yeah. he's quicker, he's stronger. Um, he's not anywhere near as good on the ball though as Greg Taylor. So as they are very very different fullbacks, I I don't think that you would think he's a weak link defensively to target in possession. Then it's maybe a little bit different. Um, you know, he's a player that you maybe want to press a little bit more, but I don't think you would be targeting him offensively. It's very difficult to pick where you target Celtic defensively. Alan. Um Ange Postacoglu Oof. has what? Just when you said my name there, I felt like there's a big question coming here. Um, Ange Postacoglu was asked if uh, the team had been practicing penalties. No, I... uh, his response was, uh, "He said basically someone asked him at the a bit of fun here, a bit of fun. Someone asked him, have you been practicing penalties?' And his response was, "No, I don't, mate, but the players do." Clever. See what he's done. Bit of fun. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, he says we basically been practicing. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I mean, fucking. Do you think could... they're actually, though? 
I, I think, see, to be honest, I think players love practicing penalties. That's one of the wee fun things at the end of training. Aye. So, actually, I, I, I can't remember who it was that mentioned it, but, they, but it was discussed earlier in the meeting that the, the, the players don't train for as long as they have under previous managers. Um, so, I'll be 10 minutes at the end of the penalty tournament, see who's the penalty king. That's just basics 101. Players will love it. Why do you think? Apart from Joe Hart, obviously, because he's fucking hopeless. Again, as I say, like, I'm practicing. Penalties. Fucking, like him coming out saying, uh, nah, I'm terrible Aye. at penalties. I just thought <laughs> Do was. Do you know what I'm really bad at, by the way? Penalties. Penalties. Against Rangers, it isn't ideal. Um, why why are we not training as much under Plastic Ugly? I, th- I think it's, it was more about the intensity of the sessions is higher. So you're just, I suppose, cramming more. Shorter session, but more intensity, less breaks. Um, so I don't think, I think you're probably. Overall training time is probably about the same, but I just think there's uh, probably less standing about with doing keepy uppies and waiting for the manager and more, um, you know, timed, timed breaks, 30 seconds stop, go again, things like that. It's, Brendan Rogers did it a lot, um, but I'd imagine it maybe changed a wee bit um, after that. See, I don't want to dig too much, and I'm sure you, you might not have the full kind of knowledge of it, but see, in regards to like drills and all that, do they vary from manager to manager or are they very? similar because a lot of them will have done the same like badges and all that so mm-hmm. is it a case of you know different drills or there's a collection of drills and you take a couple of them I think the, the fundamentals of what coaches want to do probably doesn't differ too much but the intensity and how you deliver it is what, what changes um, to be fair I think that John Kennedy's the, the driver at yeah. Celtic um, I don't think Ange's uh, particularly involved in the day to day Um but I think he, he likes to see the intensity high, and that, that's what he wants them to train. But actually, in terms of doing that, it's John Kennedy. But yeah, there's, there's kind of basic principles of things that you will want to do. But I mean, man, coaches will come up with different drills, different tweaks, different ideas to things. So there's an unlimited number of kind of different options. Um, but I, I don't know specifically what to do under um, under Ange or this John Kennedy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the kind of it's interesting. I'd, be, I'd love a real kind of background into that um, the differences in the managers and how they kind of do you know what I mean? Yeah no I think it'd be great I mean I've said that about a thousand times in this pod so this would be a thousand and one I had the chance to go up and see um, Celtic train before the Rangers game under Brendan Rodgers and the the intensity the standard the quality that you've seen on such a consistent basis watching it that close was just incredible Um so it's, it, it, I think it would be fascinating. Um, so I've set it up looking for somebody, a ball boy for Lennox Town, a ball man maybe. <laughs> I could probably still b- retrieve the ball in a decent time frame. Probably not quite as good as the ball boys, but you know. You can't even do Jesus. Um, I'm, I'm literally putting my, I'm going to hand in a CV to Lennox <laughs> Town this week. Uh, I can show you how quickly I can get a ball back. I'll probably get, uh, I'll probably get huckled away because they'll think I'm trying <laughs> to get autographs. Swarm, swarm. There's, swarm, there's, swarm. There's a man with a pair of boots here. Like, Edgar, oh, just, Ed, Edgar's for a trial for yeah. a ball man. Uh, Edgar's here again. Um, ball person, rather. Excellent. Um, important. Ball them. Ball. <laughs> Calm it down. Ah, that's enough. Ah, too much. Um, let's let's kind of go on to... A couple of lads chucking a rugby ball outside here, Christopher. I don't know if you've noticed that there. Uh, yeah. Again, that is what's happening right there. They do... Ah, it's probably rugby. Glasgow's changing it. <laughs> it really is, and I don't like it. They do look like they are a walking, visitors to the city. I, I'll try and explain to the listener. They're walking from the city centre towards the east of the city, which I wouldn't recommend with that rugby ball. 
Aye, but so they, walking about with a big target in your head, that. Uh, they're, 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 I think they're American football league people. I think they're going to get. They'll be getting tackled shortly anyway. <laughs> they're, they're, up the, they're about to uh, walk up the gallery. Best thought, so. lads. Give us a look. Um, Fashion Sakala and Sis Rangers are so much better than Celtic. And Stephen Gerrard would have stopped Ange Postacoglu's title win. Um, that's that's good to know. I, I, these quotes are hilarious. Uh, when you play against Celtic, it's a different game. Doy. Uh, you just want to hurt them. Bit weird. I don't want. I don't know what's the right word to use. We just want to see our fans happier than theirs. We just want to hurt them to make them angry. This, that's really weird. It's more than a game. I don't know what else to call it. But you're always thinking about being better than them. That's the attitude we were going with on Sunday. Yes, we're better than them. So much better. But we're nine points behind. Hmm. We'll keep fighting anyway. <laughs> I think we are such a better club. A far better club, by the way. If we get that trophy on Sunday, it will prove that we are a better team than them. I mean, we have hi- he has just highlighted that there are nine points clear in a league structure as opposed to one-off game. Yeah. But there you go. And this is where he gets mixed up a little bit. A year ago, we won the league. I mean, it wasn't a year ago. I don't think it's even the worst thing he says, to be honest. But uh, A year ago, we won the league unbeaten, so that shows we are better than them. Obviously, last season, we were four points on top before Gerard left, so the changing quotes contributed a lot to the struggling. If Gerard was still here, I think we'd have won the league last season. This season, you can see we struggled again. It's the same. So basically, what he's saying is the manager we have now isn't as good as the manager we used to have. And if we used to have the manager that we used to have, we would be better. Um, but yeah, we're no, playing now. It's this guy's a this guy's a silly cooker cookie. Who's it? He's not uh, silly, silly. There's no misinterpreting it. That's what I would say. There is no tabloid spin needed there. Um, I mean, I don't know. I actually know what the question was. Fashion? Are you looking forward to the game on Sunday? And then you just going a bizarre rant about how you're the better team. I mean, sure, right, oh mate. Um, look after the the derby when he won the penalty and he celebrated it as you would do but I thought it was a bit wee guy celebrating a penalty that much to be fair Aye. A before you've scored it and B before the game's finished that you really need to win um, I kind of let I gave him not gave him a pass but you kind of thought do you know what we get the result in the end it's fine uh, but now I'd uh, I'd like to see him folded uh, 100% um, Arthur Johnson sent off in 8 minutes because he's <laughs> absolutely done him in uh, I just find the comments bizarre, to be honest. Um, see if we see if we were neck neck in a title race or something. You would kind of say, Do you know what? That's confidence. It's, it's just kind of. I, I thought it was a bizarre rant for someone that's kind of played for Rangers a wee while. He's very. Um, he's drank the Kool Aid by the sounds of it, you know, and a lot of it. But see, I also I also find a couple of things. Right, first point being, I find the idea that oh yeah, we're a better club. We're a better club, like. If I say it, like, I think we're a better club. I think Celtic is a bit is the best football club in the world. But if our player came out against any other club and was like, "We're the better club," I'd just be like, it's "Just a bit of a weird thing to say." Like, what you what, what? I found the the conflation as well between, and it's understandable between, you know, that and uh, Gigi's comments last year. Well, yeah, a I little mean, bit different because a we were in, I think when. Uh, Gigi made those comments we were in a commanding position in the we league are, yeah. um, because was, was that before the game at Ibrox it, it was um, where we just had, didn't have to lose just basically. didn't lose yeah um, but obviously I mean, we won the fallout from that was ridiculous the fallout from that was Ryan Jack coming out saying you can't say that that's not allowed and like oh, you, Keith he's Jackson a, he's, a very easy, he's a famously very easy <laughs> man to, to upset <laughs> 
there is much evidence of that that you can watch on YouTube. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll <laughs> be able to watch it on Sunday night. I well. don't know. That'd be brilliant. I'd love that. But I just—I I didn't see that question in the rundown. Which Rangers player would you like to see cry? We had that on the midweek. Bounce. No, I know, but I didn't see it in this rundown. Everybody <laughs> should be asked that. Okay, we'll get there. We we'll get there. Well, then. That's absolutely fine. We we'll get there. But uh, it's just—I—I uh, imagine—I honestly think that if one of our players said that, I think. I think Ange would be upset. Or not upset, upset's the wrong word. I think he'd be like, what are you doing? Whereas Michael Bale would be like, all oh, right, Gavnar, brilliant, <laughs> mate. Ah, oh, yeah. Cheeky, you're a bit cheeky. You know, you know my thoughts on that, that I don't actually think he is from London. I think he's pretending. <laughs> it's because it's so faux. Um, um, I just I just found it bizarre, to be honest. Um, it's one of those ones you read and think it's odd. Um, and I read an article um, in The Athletic earlier on, because obviously I've tried to get a wee insight to about how he has a FaceTime with uh, the people that stay in his village in um, Zambia yeah. before every game. And this is the nature of this derby, but I will be spending Sunday hoping that there is a tiny village in Zambia that is absolutely miserable. And crying. Sunday. Everyone's um, crying. And they're just thinking we'll never watch that clown in a cup final again because he liked us. He let us down. He yep. said they were the best club and it turns out they weren't. <laughs> uh, aye, it was bizarre, but it's just another in a long line. Uh, I, I was talking about this earlier. He, to me, strikes me, and I, I'm not, not going to tempt fate because I don't do that, I won't. He's another in that long line of players, though, that are ultimately garbage that seem to strike lucky in these games against us. Absolutely. Nacho Novo, Jonathan Johansson, Gabriel Amato, Pierre fucking Lovinkrans, all these guys that have ultimately ham, but they managed to get these moments, so hopefully he's had his and there's, there's no more to come. Yeah. Fucking uh, garbage. I was behind that goal when it was scored, and it wasn't pleasant. Anyway... Anyway, positive uh, thoughts. Positive thoughts. Positive thoughts all round. Um, let's kind of actually kind of focus on the game. Um, I did some did some research this morning. S- sorry to go back. He talks a lot about Steven Gerrard. Just on his quotes, just when you mentioned it there, he does. I think we would have won the league had Steven Gerrard not left. It was because Gerrard left. We're now behind the league because we lost a manager. And I feel it like going. Players want to step up a bit here, mate. But also the other thing again, just to kind of finish out, was the fact he's like and. He's like, uh, when Gerard was here, we won the league, and look where we are now. It's like, well, should you not be back mm. bigging up your new manager? And also, Gerard was here, what, four years before he won the league? Yeah, three years. his record does not stand up to the test of time. I would, I, I would like to... Um... Ugh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, I've done some research, Alan, as we focus on the League Cup final. There are copious notes around me. Oh, granted, one of them is a menu. <laughs> one of them is a menu. Uh, I'll be so there, there, there are many notes... <laughs> Um, I was just looking at a Celtic versus Rangers in League Cup finals since uh, the dawn of time. So the first time we were ever in, a, ever in a League Cup final against Rangers was 1957-58. Hello. Uh, which, if you haven't listened to the... Um, we, myself and Mark Braceland have done two podcasts over the last couple of months. Uh, the Charlie Tully podcast, we discussed the 7-1 Celtic, Old Hamden in the Sun. Um, go back and listen to it, because I listened to it again yesterday, and uh, Mark absolutely knows his business, so it's great. Um, but just looking through the finals, um, total derby finals, 15, mm-hmm. since uh, 1957. Celtic victories, 6. Rangers victories, 9. Mm. Five finals went to extra time. Um, and we've only won, won one of them. Um, but what that does, what that says to me is that uh, we've not had our luck in this competition against them. I know 2019. Um, if you look at the probability of it, 
we actually I did a I put it into a probability machine and um, it came up saying I look forward plus to one. I, have, I have a few questions off the back of this <laughs> nah, we'll don't, nah it's fine you don't have to ask um, so what you're hoping is is that that average should be around 50-50 and that we erode some absolutely you know, I'll take it excellent um, I've got a question um, from oh do you know actually uh, there's a question from Paul Gibson um, uh, so Paul asks Given two separate clowns asking the same question from the mainstream media to Ange, is there any way for the fan media uh, to get together and ask the club for a separate and elongated version of this, even via team, team Zoom? He engages more with fan media, it seems. Obviously, there are obligations to do media duties for the mainstream media, but particularly in these days, we need to modernise. Um, you know, the fan media is, as much as it's inverted commas fan media, we are, are all kind of separate. Um I think there's kind of communication at some points with it, but we are kind of, you know, there's it's not like a kind of conglomerate where we're all the kind of same. So um, I think most of the fan media do offer interesting questions better than the mainstream media. Uh, we've had it recently with Colin, but, you know, Alan, you've you've seen lots of different interesting questions from, mm-hmm. certainly from us and from other fan media. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not, we, we've, Celtic are very keen to, Get as involved, but not get as too involved. I think it's it's fairly tentative as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I so thanks for that question. I, I meant to I sent it in for the uh, agenda earlier. Um, also, I just <laughs> I want to re- I want to read out Chris Riley's question. He says, "Hail, hail! Enjoying the content this week so far. If we win on Sunday, when will the media start adding World War Two friendly titles to the Rangers save Coke and Binge every game?" I just thought I'd add that. Bit of fun. Great stuff, Chris. Um, League Cup final. Do you have any Cup final rituals, Alan? Um, not really. No, not specific to... I think I've got rituals for Rangers games, but I don't have rituals for... Goodbye, Paul Carlin. Paul Carlin, a lovely good weekend. friend. Your team wins on Sunday. Thank you. I also hope your team wins on Sunday. Love you, Paul. Um, I, I've got rituals for Rangers games, but I don't have rituals for Cup finals. You know, it tends to be... A wee bit different. Um, so, not sleep up early, go some sort of run or jump in the bike or do something to, you know, I don't know, punish yourself. Um, <laughs> Very Catholic. That would, that would be enough there, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, kind of get yourself organised, get a couple of beers and try and relax a bit. And I think one of the things that I tend to always do is try and spend it in company, spend it in good company, um, which is entirely opposite to what I do for the actual game because I hate watching it around people I, I find that I just become tense and yeah. nippy with people and it's not a pleasant experience so I like to try and have a couple of beers relax a bit talk about good times and channel I don't know positive thoughts or whatever and then when the game comes just sit and watch it and try and not communicate with anybody because even you know even on Sunday at the game I just sit and watch it and where you sitting? I am, you know where the kind of big exit is for the where potentially the ambulances would come in or come out. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not planning anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting just at the kind of side of that thing, which is I think it's like I five or something like that. So yeah, well, there's no good seat in Hamden, but there are seats in Hamden. So my seat is horrendous. I'm right behind the goal. Um, H. Good atmosphere though. Yeah, no, it'll be good. I mean, and that's the thing I said to uh, to, to Claire before. I was like, you know, we need to uh, make sure that we record the game because I'm probably not going to see much of it. But I know, but I even get nervous. But I don't record the live version. I record the replay version <laughs> just in case because 
I just don't want to have to delete a version if we get beat, you know. Um, That's the level you're there, me here. What's your Glasgow, Glasgow Derby Cup final experience? Not just League Cup finals, Scottish Cup final, not a lot. It's not great. Yeah. Nah. Um, first one I think I was at was, was it 2000 and 2003, where we lost. Um, yeah. That the League Cup not one great. where Harson's yeah, yeah, offside when he's not one. offside, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2-1, I think, was yeah. it? Um, yeah, I went to that one. It wasn't pleasant. Um, so, not great, to be honest. Right, let's been, a lot, been a lot more. I've got a good record semi-finals, terrible record finals. Aye, let's leave it there then. Yeah, aye. aye. Uh, I did see that in the rundown and I thought this could be a... Depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think, to be honest, I think most people will probably find they're in the same situation. I mean, it is because. It is. That is Celtic's record. I mean, you, you can't change the fact that those are the games no. you've been. Um, um, so one, no. one of my favourite games ever was the 2000 semi-final. Yes, is that the uh, Bob Malcolm? Yes. Ah, oh, I love that. Larson just lifting it over. Oh, beautiful. Do you know what I watched? watched Lobo get sent off. Moles get sent off, and Rickson get sent off. <laughs> you mean Moles? <laughs> Moles. Do you know I love that in the midweek bounce? That's, that's just my level of humor. <laughs> it's pathetic, isn't I watched it? that in the in uh, the back room of my uh, grand in my courts, which is my mum's uh, my mum's dad, who's uh, no longer with us. And uh, I watched it in the back room. It was on STV, I'm sure. Um, I, I was at the, I was working for the SFA, so I got um, comps to the game. Oh, very nice. You pissed in your chips there a bit, didn't you? Um, yeah. Anyway, I watched it in the back room there, wee TV, and his flat, he stayed in the high flats at Royston, and I just remember watching it with very little expectation, and then it just kind of all turned up nice, and it was, we were we were flawless that day, it was yeah. just incredible, and the goals were great, was that big, um, was that? Who scored the goals? It was Larson got one, scored, Sutton got one, Sutton the kind of the bizarre header. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, just something about that. Um, if you're listening and you want to get into the mood, uh, the Cynic Chronicles, we did the 6-2 kind of game retrospective, which we thoroughly both enjoyed doing. It was fucking tremendous. Um, you but should just start talking about it again. <laughs> <laughs> just roll tape and roll just go tape. again. I, I just I love talking about that game. It's, um, it's difficult to put your finger on. Uh, it's funny though because um, you kind of mentioned that you know you weren't at the five one game in the ninety ninety eight I think was yeah. Barry that game I don't yeah it was I I was at that game as well and um, that's like an island that's like an island of utter joy in a time where because obviously we did Jansen and then O'Neill mm-hmm. and we it was just like an island of you know we had Vengloss and Barnes and it's uh, just perfect. Yeah. Remember during like during lockdown, people would talk about what the like comfort TV was. As in, maybe if you're feeling a wee bit down, or you maybe feel even now it doesn't need to be locked or whatever. You maybe feel that like things are getting top of you. You watch something. So I used to watch like I don't know, like cooking shows or travel shows. Cause I just thought something quite comfortable and relaxing about them. I genuinely think now that is going to be my go-to. I'm just going to go back and I don't know why I just didn't think. Just go back and watch like the six-two game, five-one game. Just watch the whole thing in full yep. um, because. Uh, when we were obviously researching that, I just remember watching it and thinking, you take it for granted because, see, because the memories are so clear to yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you feel like you don't, I think we said that in the pod, you don't need to watch the game. So you don't, 
but see now I just think well I there's will. so much to scoop up like, exactly, outside yeah. of it and the, the, the other funny thing is like you're talking about that and, and I completely understand that was 20 years ago I know and I've got a terrible memory yeah I can genuinely pinpoint like specific things from that game like I went with my mum we went we had a McDonald's before the game sitting we're at the stadium really early and then it just all kicked off and that was it and memories were made that you just never forget it's, it's great um, and let's hope we've got memories this oh, you know, I'd love that weekend love that so much um, we got a question from Troy he sent it in for the weekly but we didn't have time um, here's the question if Rangers crowd the midfield and we well, actually I, I've done a we've done a tactical analysis with uh, Christian as well and we touch on this but I want to get your point of view Alan if Rangers crowd the midfield and man Mark McGregor as usual how did the panel think we can counter this in my view Speed of passing and movement in midfield would be crucial. So I would go with Matt O'Reilly. What do you think? It's a good question, Roy. Uh, Troy, sorry. Um, Troy sends in good questions all the time. Uh, it's a question that I think... That's kind of the two questions we've discussed. The yeah. playing out from the back, so we're not going to go over that again. But like that and the Moy slash O'Reilly counter-offensive sort of thing and the marking of, of McGregor. What's your take on it? Yeah, I, th- I think they are issues. I mean... I like that you've politely mentioned the passing it from the back and just saying, let's not cover yeah, it again, because it. Like, it is what it is. It could be an issue, it might not be, hopefully not. Um, whereas this this is a personnel decision, which is quite unusual, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, or certainly it's unusual we only have one real personnel decision to make. That's true. Or that's what we perceive to be the case. I, I think on the O'Reilly-Moy thing, I, you know, we'll, we'll get to that, and I, to be honest, I'm largely nonplussed. I think... If McGregor is going to struggle to pick up the ball deep, I think Moy could help out with that because he's so comfortable receiving the ball deeper and in traffic, he's much more comfortable. O'Reilly tends to try and stay high and receive the ball high. So that could then leave McGregor maybe finding that that passing out from the back could be a bit tricky because you could have four defenders plus McGregor and then a big space until the next players that weren't receiving the ball. So that's the only thing that I maybe would think that could work in Moy's favour, but I think both will have a huge part to play in the game anyway. I don't think there's much doubt about that. I think McGregor, and and I've heard a lot of this this man marking him, and I've talked about it, other people have as well. You can do it, but it doesn't mean you'll mark him out of the game. You can follow him around the pitch all you like, but whether you can actually stop him from picking up the ball and turning you, because he's a clever player, you watch him, before he picks up the ball, you always see him, he'll snap the neck, you know, he'll to look round either side to make sure to see what he's got, and if you are chasing him, you are pressing him hard, well, a lot of the time he'll just receive the ball and he'll drop it straight back off, just to make sure you keep keep the player honest, keep him pressing, but if you get too tight, one time he will take the ball in and he'll try and turn you, he might like, get fouled, but he's, this idea that all you need to do is just plant a player on him, and that takes him out of the game. He's too good for that. So it's about do you think how it's disrespectful to say that. Like, it's, it's, it's disrespectful. It's just a, it's a challenge for him to overcome. You know, and players have to know when to give him ball, when not to. And is I think one of the things that I like about it, his cues are the best in the game. He'll tell players when he wants the ball, and he'll he'll run towards them, and he'll they can tell almost that he doesn't want it. So he's just trying to keep the player moving to try and create space in behind, and that comes with being a leader, being someone that everybody knows when he's making a run for the sake of making a run to create something, or whether he's making a run because he wants the ball. And, you know, that to get to that stage, you need to be a kind of senior player. Or you, everybody needs to know what you want. And that's that's the level he's at. So I don't know if it's disrespectful. I think it's just... Not it, disrespectful. It, do you know what I mean? It makes like it maybe more, undermines him a little bit. Oh, 100%. I mean, 
if it was as simple as just sticking a man on somebody and saying, I'm just going to follow you about the park, then you would just do that. I mean, you, Liverpool would have done it to Luka Modric in the week. We would have done it to Luka Modric early in the season. That's If a team's only got one player, that's what you do. But, you know, hypothetically, Sunday's in the midfield alone, Celtic will have Rio Hattati and Aaron Moy, both of whom are comfortable receiving the ball where a man directly behind them or in front of them or in traffic. So you can press him all you like, but if Cal McGregor sits deep and you just stay on him, well, that's 1v1 right away. So then that's 10 players that you're having to defend with. Um, it makes it much more difficult because you could do that with all Celtic players. You could say, well, we can't allow Maeda to receive the ball in behind, so somebody will need to sit off him. So that's another player out. Suddenly you start to tick players down. It's a wee bit like, you know, when you play Guess Who and you start <laughs> flapping down, you know, it's not... Richard, I was a big Richard fan from Guess Who. <laughs> you know Richard. You definitely I'm know Richard. Richard. Uh, so I, I think it is a wee bit... It simplifies I, I, it a little bit to the point where you're like, okay, I understand what's, what they're doing, but there's a little, there's more layers to it and there's more ways mm-hmm. that he himself can get through that press yeah. without having to change it up. That's it. And, and Bill obviously tries to drill his team so that they... But I don't think Ryan Kent... For example, if that if it is him that steps inside and tries to press McGregor, or whether it's you know whoever it is can't well potentially or whoever, one of those guys will switch off at some point. So it's just about biding your time and waiting for that. Great, great points. Um, the game itself. Um, and any worries from our point of view? I mean, we've talked about the, the kind of all the stuff <laughs> playing out. For so we've not to talk about the stuff we've already <laughs> talked about. The worries is <laughs> no, no. Go on. What's your kind of worries? Uh, I'm worried um, about the impressiveness. No, I don't even think, yeah, well, I mean, yes, but worried, also but that's an opportunity. So not even make this into like a job interview style where it's like, actually my weakness is my strength. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, uh, it's, but them pressing, you've got to see that as a chance. Um, and we've had success from that before. So if they sit deep, it would worry me a wee bit more. But them pressing is, I think, you get a ball at your feet quickly. I'd be, I'd be really be demanding that both my centre-halves are you know, two touch maximum, not to allow them to get set and kind of get another shape. Uh, probably just from my own point of view, I'm not expecting everybody, but I'm probably a wee bit worried about the goalkeeper. I don't think he's been great recently. I don't think he's been doing the things that he's good at and the things that he's not good at have really shown up even in games where we're comfortable and that alarms me. I hope he's a big game. I hope he uses all his experience and I like him. He seems, he generally seems like a real leader in the team, but, you know, and... In recent games, in the last game against Rangers, you know, there's been flashpoints that have certainly given teams that, that oxygen that I mentioned for a fire. We could really, I mean, I think we could do without that. I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I agree. Um, I, in regards to what I always find, and this isn't a broad, I don't want to make a broad sweeping statement about players like this, but sometimes I worry that he won't, He's, he, he's aware that his last couple of games have been mm-hmm. quite laden with yeah. and he gets too eager and too keen to make it better and to fix it yeah and and, and sometimes I think Joe Hart is I'll take that extra touch and I'll actually be more comfortable with the yeah, ball yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. Be, I'm not going to be exa- I'm not going to be what you expect because yeah. look I've taken an extra touch and, and I've been braver on the ball and that bravery ends up being is, is, that, is he your biggest is, fear I'd say so I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't, to be honest, I think it would be, and I know it sounds horrible, I don't like talking about the negative sides, but I do, I'm um, considerable that, 
and I'm concerned. Can I, can I, do you want to jump uh, in a second? Sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, our good friend Ken uh, from Dublin. Um, I prefer it when Ken does a voice note, to be honest. Uh, it's, the voice Ken, notes are great. Stop sending text, mate. Send voice, voice notes. Voice notes. Um, he, he, sends a, he sends a message, and essentially the message is it kind of, he boils up down himself. Do you think if our team turns up, it's ours to lose? Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think, I, I think if we play to our best, I would struggle to see a scenario in which we don't, didn't win the game. I, I would be astounded if we walked away from Hamden on Sunday saying we were outstanding and we didn't win the game. I could see the scenario where we really don't play well, and we still win and, the game, and we win the game. And I, I could see a lot of others. I could see Rangers playing well, not win the game. If we actually play really well and come away from it not winning, I would be, um, yeah. And and I did mention earlier I didn't want to tempt fate, so. And as Ken says, up the dobs. I don't know, I love the way he says that. Up the dobs. It's not the same when it's you saying it. Oh, it's absolutely not, I'm not getting honest. It's a, a, a paltry impersonation. I, I agree. Um, got a question from Liam, <clears throat> and again, um, he did actually say this isn't necessarily uh, League Cup final related, but. Um, I would disagree. I think I think it's it's very League Cup final related. Um, uh, so he's looking for us to discuss O. He says, "I know it's early days and a small sample size, but it looked it looked against Aberdeen like his style allowed us to play to be much more effective in attacking through the middle with his hold up play allowing the eights and even Calmac to be a much more direct. This is something I'm not sure Kyogo or Gigi allowed us to do, and with them, the attacking would have to be largely focused down the wings or via through balls." If we can get a lot more from the centre as well as our usual wing output, I think that might yet another di- add another dynamic to Ange Ball and more variety to our threat. Um, o looks uh, looks good. He maybe looks like what well, I'm speaking of myself here, but maybe isn't the type of player I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your thoughts on that question? Yeah, I, I think I think he's definitely a, a different option, um, and he is. He does offer a different possibility in terms of he likes to hold on to a defender you know, if he sees you know, Aaron Moy, Matt O'Reilly David Turnbull, whoever with the ball and the defender's tight to him, he does that, he does that instinctive thing that a forward does where he grabs a bit of the player and it's so that he knows he can pin him in that position because he's comfortable that if he knows he's there he's not going to nip the ball away from him Um, Very good at Hesselink-esque that is not the player that I was immediately thinking of, <laughs> but I, he is a player that did that. He used to, he used to love turning players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think more like Sutton, you know. Ah, well, but um, we'll get, on, we'll get there. On. I've seen the run down. Uh, he'll, we'll get there, uh, he'll maybe evolve to um, Sutton, but not yet. And I, I, that is then a different option. Now, I don't think it's necessarily how Ange wants to play. I think he wants to play a wee bit more um, direct. But I think what it allows is then, if he can take that touch and then pop that ball off, it can then change because you, if you take a centre half out of the equation, creates that big space behind. So he is different. I think, I think he's rough around the edges, um, and he is. Like you can see that he's not a finished article. You can tell, you know, you can tell he's a young player. You can tell that that maybe that wee bit of experience maybe is needed. Unity, yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking, you know, he had a big opportunity. I think was it against was it Aberdeen, and he flashed it. He just didn't catch the ball properly, and there was other players there. And I think when you're playing on See when you're playing in a team that's ticking like this, you know guys like Maeda, Jota, Kyogo. I don't think. See if you try and do the right thing and you don't get it right. I don't think anybody bats an eyelid. I think see if you do the wrong thing and you don't get it right. I think that's when you hear about or you hear about it from the manager. 
when you're when a team's playing well and there's guys that are really really trying hard to get minutes, they'll allow somebody to not get something right. But see when you make the wrong decision and it doesn't execute, they are the kind of things that go against you. So I think that's where he'll that he needs to be drip fed that game time. I think he'll be on the pitch at some point, Sundero. I, I don't doubt that. And it's just about that, you know, doing the right thing and getting it right. Because that's kind of what you need to do in a cup final. It's not about trying. Or it's about yeah. doing the right thing and getting it right. So, and that would that's going to be a big adjustment for him. That, that you know, that moment might not be there for him yet. But also, see, on in that regard, depending on when he comes on and what the kind of game state is, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, him being a little bit chaotic in regards to mm-hmm. not necessarily might just be that wee extra thing that Rangers yep. aren't expecting maybe we're not expecting but he could do something that out of nowhere sort of thing yeah absolutely because no one really knows ah, you've got, it's that you know I think uh, I've said it before I, I don't think any defender in this league would like playing against Kyogo because his movement just leaves you even if it was a quick Ooh. defender or whether you're a big strong defender he's just it's his quickness of thought that is better than anybody in the league whereas O looks different he looks like he does want to try different things he looks like he's got great technique you know he looks like he wants to every time he gets it he wants to shape the ball and what I mean by that is he wants to get it out his feet a little bit and do something with it whether it be bend it round the defender or get a you know, powerful strike away so he has a different option it's just whether he's at that level and you know I think Sunday will be as I say I think he'll get on the pitch and whether he gets on the pitch to see the game out or whether he gets on the pitch to bring the game back to us, it's a, that's a huge, huge difference there. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. But I'm, I'm encouraged by what we've seen so far. And I think the way the players talk about him as well is quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely. We've got um, tomorrow we have a preview where uh, Christian will go over some tactical analysis. Uh, we'll have Callum Gordon. We're going to go over, myself and Callum are going to go over some of the press conference stuff. Um What's your team for Sunday? Uh, for Sar- Sunday, sorry, is it? We we did a little bit of this yesterday on the weekly, and uh, it was pretty much a consensus in regards to the back line in regards to the front three. Is it just that middle three? That is it? Just that one position, really? Well, I it mean, there are like that, options, but yeah. Ange does shift things about generally. Can you I, see a bad starting? No, I can't. And if he does, uh, I mean, we're having, <laughs> we're having beers before. If a bad starts, I will throw it. I felt like a like the spoiled brat that I am. Um, I, I can't see it, but then I, I, I'm not great at judging Angie's lineups. I do feel like it is very much that one position stuff for grabs. So um, I think Matt Riley played last week. He played well last week, and I think Ange does value how sharp players are. I think he probably does edge it on that basis. And look, football is really unfair. Uh, Aaron Moy has been our most impressive player since the World Cup he's been excellent and I would like to see him play on Sunday because I, I think he has a calming effect that I think would be good on an occasion like this but I think Ange might just go with Matt O'Reilly because A played last week and he played well last week and I think it's a simple decision to make um, but I think that's the only position for grabs whoever he starts I probably won't I, I, I won't say won't bat an eyelid because that makes it sound like I'm nonplussed but I'll look at it and say there's strengths and weaknesses to both. I think Moy could just be a slightly more common influence in what could be a really chaotic game. Aramoy kind of... See the way he does post-match interviews? 
it's almost like that's the way he plays the game. <laughs> yeah. You know, you think, oh my God, you just did something amazing and he just kind of shrugs his shoulders nah, and kind of looks at you as if, can I go now? I'd like to be Have at you home. seen that picture of him um, when he's in his Huddersfield like, and he's smoking a fag? Yeah, and it's just like... I've seen that about 10,000 million times since <laughs> yeah. he joined. Um, so I think I would, I would be inclined to look at that and think, do you know, he's been good. He's, he's a calm player. He's not going to be overwhelmed by it. He doesn't have the same tendency as O'Reilly does in that the game can just pass him by as and he struggles to impact himself. And that's where I think that's Mark O'Reilly's biggest challenge is actually making sure most games he plays and he has a real, real impact in the game. There are, I mean, more so before the World Cup when he was struggling. And I know some people disagree. I, I thought he just, he wasn't himself because he is a talented player. You can't let games pass you by when you play a night in a park. And I think that's what he did. You know, if he plays like he did last weekend, Matt O'Reilly, start him. Absolutely delightful. But Moy's just, his consistency and his calmness, the way that he slows it down and you think actually slowing it down and then Boom, it that changes. Pass. That reverse pass that everybody knows is coming, but he waits until everybody thinks it's gone. Then, then he, he plays it. it. Yeah. That's something I would, I'd love to see. And I just think, you know, we do have a young team. Sometimes that doesn't do any harm, you know. So uh, if it was me, I would go Moy, but I think Ange might just go O'Reilly because he played last week and he played well. Um, and but regard- who do you think he'll go? I think he'll go O'Reilly. Um, I think he'll, as I said yesterday, I think he'll play the hot hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that bringing uh, Moy on yeah. for 60 minutes to go, if we're in a commanding lead or, you know. There, there's no doubt whichever one of them doesn't start is definitely getting on and they will definitely play a big part in the game. Because they'll come on at half hour at some point. Yeah. Uh, they'll come on for half an hour for someone. It's just a case of, you know, is someone injured or maybe is someone tired? So, yeah. What else are you looking for on Sunday? I'd like a big game from Jota, to be honest. I, I think, not to be old fashioned, but see Hamden. It's for wingers and attackers. Absolutely. You know, it's. Couldn't agree more. I'd, you know, wingers and attackers is what these games are about. So I would like. Um, I, th- I think you can always get a minimum standard from Dyson Maida and he's gone way above that minimum standard now and just putting in exceptional performances and I've no reason to think it'll be any different at the weekend I'd love to see Jota give us something special though Hamden potentially in, in the, the sun, sun. possibly um, yeah up. I just think Jota's kind of shown that he's got that ability and I, there's something about the way Jota speaks and acts and that just makes me think he knows what these occasions mean more than you know when you get players do interviews, like I listened to Cameron Carter-Vickers on the way in and I thought his interview was great, perfect, very professional. Something about Jota makes me think he knows these are and he knows what it means. And you know that idea, like, when you when, in American sports, when they go to the Super Bowl, for example, and the, there's a play that they've not used all year, but they know, nobody knows it, nobody's seen it. They're going to run it at the Super Bowl because A, it's a big occasion, and B, it works. I would love that, something like that from Jota, you know, something, I don't know whether it be a wee free kick routine or whether it be a bit of skill or a, a wee moment, something that he hasn't shown us yet That's on that stage. Roll it out, So it would, be, it would be the equivalent of the, the flea flicker in the Super Bowl, which will mean something to two people listening and everybody else, so not a clue. Alan, as I always say, laces out. Laces out. Mate. Laces out. Um, we're going to finish with a question from Kevin. I'm not going to get your... I'm not going to get your predictions or anything because 
Is there anything else you want to kind of finish up on? With the oh, well, you've yet to ask me about Rangers player I'd like to see crying Sunday. Which Rangers player would you like mm, to see crying Sunday? interesting, I haven't thought about that. Um, McGregor. Nah. He's I don't know why I see him cry. Nah, no Any emotion n- makes n- nothing, him nothing more like him. human. Yeah. Um, probably not. Maybe, maybe Goldson. Because I reckon... I reckon he, you've got him in a couple of years. They respect him quite a lot. So uh, until I, the next game when he plays poorly. I want to see, I want somebody hoist from the petard. So, aye, Goldson, why not? He's big as well, which kind of, you know, a big guy crying always carries a bit more weight. So, you know, I've seen Ryan Jack crying a million times, so I don't need to see that again. You know, when a, a toddler doesn't get what it wants and it goes on the floor and it kind of bangs its f- hands and feet? Mm-hmm. Fashion Sakala, please. Aye, that'd be nice. That'd be great. Because he's let down the whole village. Yes, of course. Uh, the final question is from Kevin. I was just listening to the Chronicles and it got me thinking about how important Chris Sutton was to Celtic. Do you think that he could go down as our most important signing in the last 25 years? For me, he is. I think he was absolutely pivotal in the change of mentality. He was a Premier League one winner and he said he was there to put Rangers in their place. We hadn't had that for years. I know O'Neill signed other big players like Lennon and Thompson, but for me, without Sutton, it doesn't work. He was an unbelievable Celtic player for fans. Uh, sorry, he was an unbelievable Celtic player. Fans say the best since Larson, but the likes of Dembele, Edouard and Kyogo don't come close to him. Um, Chris Sutton. There is a generation of Celtic fans that will only know him from videos. Mm-hmm. There's a generation of Celtic fans that might only know him from being on the telly and winding people up. Claire Wilde has just pointed herself there. Um, how important was he as a signing? Uh, we d- as we say, the six-two games there from the Chronicles, and you know that was his first derby. You can go back and listen to that. But I mean, Kevin's been clever when he said the last twenty-five years. <laughs> I did do the maths in my head before I got to the end of the question. I thought but it's before last. Right, that's before last. Uh, he's 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 got it there. Do you know why he has a really good shout? And the reason being. I think there's so, it's got everything. It's a big money. Even now, it'd be a big money signing. But at that time, you know, O'Neill obviously identified Chris Sutton as a player. Um, you know, he's the, you know, figuratively speaking, that's the hill I'm going to build my church on. Yes, um, yes. Because already had last, and, you know, he had a core there. But he felt like he needed to go out and get... And, you know, you, I think the idea of thinking about that nowadays, you've got genuinely a world-class striker in it, Larson. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invest big money... And put somebody beside him. And a foil. Um, and, I, and it was just great. I mean, it was just... The word fairy tale isn't really used around Chris Sutton for whatever reason, maybe because of the type of player he was. You know, he's a kind of aggressive kind of player and had everything. But you think what we got at that investment, I mean, aside from the you know incredible success over the years, he went back to centre-half, back into the spine of midfield. He was just a... You got a great footballer who was many had kind of disregarded because he had a big what was it a ten million move or twelve million move to, 10 Chelsea. Million move to Chelsea. But he did change the idea that when you bring a player in, here's what you should get. Like as in, spend six million, here's what you can get. Now, we that is money that Celtic tend not to spend like generally, and certainly never spent it around that time. But that's what you got immediately. A player who came in and clicked with another world class talent, and it was almost like this idea, like there was this clique and it was like oh good players around good players as they actually complement each other and I mean I think that right from that Dundee United game I just felt as if this is a player like 
he's going to be, you know, that kind of old-fashioned idea, you maybe heard it or said it yourself, he's in and around when things happen, yeah. and he always was something. Whether it was holding somebody off for someone else, or whether it was him getting on the end of it, whether it was that goal in the 6-2 game where he kind of happens to be there, and he just gets it in. <laughs> he just, there is, it's hard to argue for spending money like that, getting a player like that, and them actually working. It's just perfect, and you know, it sets up. Do you know, and, and again, this is no way a kind of shot at guys like Kyogo, or guys like Edward, or any, anything like that, but it, it's just different. See, the higher the level you went up with Sutton, you know that, um, that gif of Ronaldinho licking his lips? Yeah, exactly. The higher the level you went up, the higher the pressure. I think about, I don't even think, when I think about Sutton and being the player I always think of him. I don't necessarily think about like the 6-2 game or what? You're thinking UV, aren't you? No, I'm not. Ooh. I'm thinking Leon. Leon. Away from home. Yeah. And I'm thinking Barcelona when we, ultimately we lose. He comes on at half time or he comes on like, I think he comes on at half time. And I remember I said to him like, he, I've never seen a guy shout at every single player before the, the like and just and we equalise it, and obviously Larson scores the winner, like ironically and everything. But Sutton has so many um, impressive moments outside of his impressive moments. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's it. really hard to kind of catalogue. You know, you, you could take away Chris Sutton's goals, and you would be able to show footage of him, and people would acknowledge what a player he was. He could, he could, if he'd never scored a goal for Celtic, he still would have contributed so much. And that cannot be said for every single we've had. I think he was the, for, certainly from my perspective anyway, he was the player that I always remember as well. That see, the striker that I mentioned earlier about the way O likes to, you know, grab somebody's shots or grab the top so he knows where they are. Sutton was the master with that as well. As in, he loved knowing where a defender was because then it was a case of when they move, I'm going to manipulate their movement so that I can either win a foul or turn them, get them wrong side of the ball, whatever it is. And it was just a joy to watch it. And the, the, he would scratch and fight for everything in yeah. the game as well. And I think his um, they always talk about, and I know you hate this, but in pro wrestling they always talk about ring awareness, about where, knowing exactly where you are <laughs> on the ring, right? But like I think, go on. I was just laughing when you said ring awareness. To be honest, that made me laugh. Well, it's true, um, <laughs> but it, but it's also true of like um, you know spatial awareness. So like Sutton uh-huh. knew exactly where he was to win free kicks. He knew where he was to win fouls. Mm-hmm. And one of the greats, um, the final point. Mark Braceland said to me after we did this, he messaged and said he enjoyed the 6 2 Chronicles. And he said, What's more important or what's more impressive, Larson's uh, lob in the 6 2 game or Sutton's in the 1 0 game when he scores in the last yeah. minute? And that I, I messaged back and went, I don't know. I don't know if you'd even call that a lob, to be honest, Mark. It's a chip. I don't think that it's not chip because it's a kind of side footed effort as well, isn't it? But it's still a sort of it's bizarre. Ah, it's we need to invent a new word for that. No, something was good, and then that's before we even get to the the way he was around the team, the way he was around young players. He was very much of that old school kind of. You have to earn your stripes, which is very old fashioned, um, and probably is something that wouldn't work now. And I don't mean that as in you know the old days were better. I just mean in terms of it was about trying to harden players a little bit yes. to make sure that they had those sharp edges because they would need them because football is an absolutely brutal business brutal um, and some of the stories around that are quite funny as well so no always get time for um, great question Kevin for, for Sutty and I guess I think well, don't ever call him Sutty again um, we'll, we'll kind of I think I think we might be coming up to potentially doing a Sutton profile Larson profile we need to start kind of rolling out the, the big features soon and um, be fun but that be a, be a fun end of the season hopefully 
great stuff. Um, um, Alan, what are you thinking about this weekend? What's your, as we end the podcast, how are you feeling? Go out, play a game, and hopefully, hopefully it's a good day for the good guys. Sunshine, in which is a start. Um, Rangers are doing a lot of talking. Our camp's very quiet. CCV's press conference gave about give absolutely nothing away, and I like that ruthlessly professional. I think Sunday's very much a case of getting in, getting a job, get the job done, get out, leave a trophy there. We'll get it next year. That'll be fine by me. I'd like to see some ruthless aggression. <sighs> yes, please. Um, uh, so no, we're recording on Monday. I think. Um, I hope that we're all. Uh, Terribly hungover and thinking, fuck it, let's relive the game, have another beer, enjoy it. I hope it's, I hope everybody, whatever they're doing this weekend, I hope you've made the most of it. I hope everybody's got Monday off and we can all just have a collective Celtic weekend. Absolutely. Um, we've got nice. the women's game tonight, myself and Claire will be going to that. And then, obviously, we've got the preview tomorrow, um, which will be great. And then we'll have the reactions on Sunday. But, Alan Edgar, it's been a pleasure, sir. Loved it. Great start of the weekend. Everybody enjoy. Stay safe. Drink your beers and have a nice time. Wait for the trophy to get hoisted at about half five on Sunday. Absolutely. Callum McGregor, um, get it done. Uh, from Alan Edgar, from myself, Chris Gallagher, uh, we've got Claire Wilde in the wings and Paul Carlin was here earlier. But this has been the Lunch Club and we'll speak to you down the road. Sometimes we at lunch at one o'clock. Sometimes we at lunch at two o'clock. And sometimes we at lunch at seven o'clock. The lunch club.